Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. I am your host, Sheree Nicole, and I'm so excited because I have one of my favorite actresses here. And uh, we won't even get into what it took to make this happen. But let's just say God is good. (laughs) She is a musician. She's an actress. She's a producer. She is a Hollywood staple with a career spanning more than 30 years. The one, the only... Jasmine Lewis. She has so much going on. She's done so many projects. We're going to talk about all of that and so much more. Without further ado, a woman who literally has been sipping from the fountain of youth probably for the last maybe 15, 20 years. I don't know. She hasn't aged. Jasmine Lewis, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me here. It is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. And I I want to jump right into self-care because I just mentioned you, you literally haven't aged. And I think it's incredible um, you are a part of an industry that is extremely stressful, to say the least. So uh-huh. twofold. Number one, what does your self-care include? But also, when did you make self-care a priority? Was that something that you were always conscientious about? Or did that happen at a certain point in your life? Here's your twofold answer. Self-care, I'm very much into self-care now. Um, I wasn't. Part of my routine is just what I was just talking about, hydrating. I drink a gallon of water a day, a gallon of water. And I, because I don't sleep much. So mm-hmm. you have to compensate in some sort of way. Um, I'm a workout addict. Like, a, like, but, but when I say addict, it's because it's not just like, oh, let me try to stay fit or energized. No, it's because of the endorphin release. And if I don't get it, I'm not the nicest human being. You can tell when I have not gotten my workout in so I figure how to do that seven days a week, um, even if it's just for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So it's even if it's short bursts. Um, have I always been into self-care? No. Unknowingly, I was, I, was, I was doing some self-care, but I didn't know that that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that I'm aware now. I've become, you know, especially since the pandemic, I've become aware of the word self-care. Before that, I wasn't really aware. I've always been a, an athlete. I was a I was a, a professional athlete for for a lot of years. So, you know, I've always stayed tried to stay fit in some sort of way. I don't do that great at taking care of me first. Hmm. I'm trying to get better at that, but you know, between work and mostly family, because I do have a young son. I'm not as good as I'd like to be at it. Um, I probably need to sleep more. I sleep about, I have this aura ring that's my lifeline to my sleep. And it tells me everything that I'm not doing. (laughs) So it tells me exactly how many hours and minutes I sleep a night and why I was restless and when I woke up and everything. Um, That's become very helpful to me because I've always been a chronic insomniac. Mm. So, you know, that's helped me adjust my sleep pattern and all of that. But I know self-care is hugely important and I want to be that person that says that I do all of these rituals and routines, but I really don't. I do. I, I drink a lot of water. I eat well. I try to keep my skin clean. Um, but in my job, we wear makeup and yeah. sometimes it doesn't come off at night. But my one thing I do have is that when I'm not working, I don't wear makeup at all. Mm. So my skin is, is, you know, it's, it's hanging in there. It's, it's hanging by a thread, but it's hanging in there. So, um, I don't know. I, I want to be that person that I want to be the self-care guru. So I'm, I'm working on that. Maybe you can help me because you look amazing. I'm, so. I'm still learning. I, I am still learning. And I think all women are though. It's, it's I, tough. All women are. You know, they and, put the oxygen mask on first saying before you take care of everybody. We have not, we say it, 
but we don't do it. And I know for a fact that I don't always do it. I want to do it, but I don't. Mm. So I think all women are sort of working on that self-care thing. And I think it's a daily exercise. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I agree. I want to, I want to talk about boundaries a little bit with that in mind. I mean, being in this industry for, for over 30 years, as, as I mentioned earlier, and, you know, still finding the, the ways in which to take yeah. care of you, to take care of your husband, to take care of your son. Um, what does boundary setting attached to me? Yeah. So it's so like, what does boundary setting look like for you? What, what are some of your non-negotiables um professionally we'll stick to that right now what are some ways you know, so funny. see you're, you're a great interviewer because after 31 years of being in this industry i've done a lot of interviews and no one's ever asked me that question that's a huge that's a thing um of which i don't have the answer to um my uh, boundaries i've recently become i've recently come ac across some new boundaries and this is i'm, I'm glad you asked me this I get a lot of, because I'm on social media, I get a lot of um, people sending me DMs of, can you work on this for me? Can you help me get this funded? Can you do development on my script? Can you, all of these things. How do I get in the industry? Well, what do you do? I type that, well, what have you done? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, so my thing now, and some may say it's, far, uh, too far. I don't think it is. I feel like my boundary is, is I have my, all my stuff going on and I'm doing things for myself and I'm doing things for others. And I'm trying to give back and I'm trying to do, I'm trying to spread myself super thin, thinner than I think I should. Hmm. But now I've set a boundary that if you have a project and you're not fully funded or you're not ready, please don't contact me. You can contact my agent. He's always here for the emails and he will answer you accordingly, but please don't. And I'm talking about 400 emails. Um, mm. Can you help me with this? So to protect my sanity, I can't fix everyone's project. I can't mm. start everyone's project. I can't do that. You have to have a level of readiness and then you can come to me and then I will do all that I can, but I can't start from the beginning. So that's a boundary that I've actually just set. And I would say, Two months ago, all this time, two months ago. How has that so changed just, your life in short run? How has that changed your life so far? I um, am alive again. Hmm. That's how it's changed my life. Like I can breathe again because I have a certain, I have been so blessed in this industry. I want to do the same for others, but I can't do everything by myself because everything wasn't done for me by one entity or person. Yeah. So I had to realize I can't do it all. So I have to pick and choose. And that has saved me my sanity because I was, I was spreading myself so thin. Well, let me just, okay, I'll come there for one day and I will do a seminar and we're going to fix mm -hmm. your script and we're going to fix your, let's go get you some funding. Let me call my contact. I was doing all of that. And I can't do that for everybody. Yeah, I can't. And I realized that and that has saved me a lot of um, stress mm. and stress is a killer. It is. Stress I want to I want to move to your versatility because you, you are a renaissance woman. Like, I don't know if people really understand that, but we're, we're talking mu music, movies, film, TV, athletics, mom, wife writer, I'm everything that one could think of in a number of spaces. How do you satisfy your desire to have your cup filled in these spaces? Because as you mentioned earlier, before we started talking, if you got to get on a plane and go shoot, I mean, that's where your focus yeah. is. If you have to come home and, and get to your son's birthday party on time, that's where your focus is. But you have all these other gifts that still need some level of edification. So how do you work through satisfying those what does that look like for you keep working that's how it looks and that's so it's just so interesting i'm trying to pare down um my extracurriculars like i don't really you know and it is a sad thing for me because i started in music and yeah. i don't really do music anymore i don't i just i can't figure it into what i'm trying to do because my my bigger picture is honing this world of 
not not an actor because I've been doing that for a long time, but as a director and a producer and creating something for the people that are coming behind me, for them to step into easier, that's what I'm trying to do. So that's become my world. So it's it's fallen away have is music. It's I love to listen to it, but I don't get to play anymore. And I like if I turn my screen around, you'd see my bases sitting in the corner of my office. And I love them but I don't get to play them as much anymore. I don't get to go on the road anymore. I don't get to sing professionally anymore. I don't get to, I don't get to do a lot of things that I used to do, but because I had to make my world smaller to make it fit with a lifestyle that I didn't know was going to happen, mm. but it's happened. Because this part, portion has grown so much and so fast. Um, I had to shrink some other things down. And I can't shrink down my family. My son's 12. He's not going to go back to being a baby. <laughs> and my husband is still him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love him, but he's going to still be him. He's going to hear him all day. You know? It's, I'm, I was just fascinated by the music piece in particular because I have good friends that are that are singers and musicians. And, you know, I, have a, I come from a musical family. And even as a creative myself, I, I can't imagine essentially being, like, taken away from that piece in order to have to accommodate for a, a, another gift and another calling that's on my life. Yeah. How, how do you suppress the missing of it? I, you're, we're not guys. I'm not talking about Jasmine. It's not like, Oh, I, I sing for fun on YouTube. Like she's an, a, yeah. an actual artist on a lot of levels. So how, how do you suppress the longing for that? Cause I would imagine innately you still desire to be able to function that capacity in some way. I do. Um, that's what I have, a, like a lovely space that I live in right here. And I get to, to do it there. I don't do it on stage anymore. I don't tour anymore. Um, do I miss it? Of course. Of course I miss it. But there just isn't space for that. And I, I maybe I'm still reconciling that. Maybe I still am. Because I do still have a longing for it. I still, like there's, I was in Houston not long ago and I walked into a venue and there was a live band playing and actually Memphis too, especially Memphis. There was a live band playing and it took everything inside of me not to jump up on that stage because I was invited up to just pick up that man's bass and play and sing. And I didn't because I can't, I have to, I have to push that aside because if that gets started again, Ain't nobody gonna see no more movies and TV for a while. And that's what I'm doing now. That's such an extreme. You can't no, even like tease music. yourself with music. I have two degrees in music. That was my passion. That was what I started in. That was what I will, when I'm done, you will see me playing again when I'm wow. done. Wow. Because wow. that is my real, it's a passion for me. I love it. It creates, it creates spaces for people. I don't like, if you look at like on Instagram, if you look at my reels, my reels are, are musically driven. If you listen to the song, don't leave it. You don't have to see the images. Listen to the song and you'll know exactly what headspace I was in when I created it. Music is my absolute passion. Mm. And it can give so much to so many. It can change moods. It can change desires. It can change career paths. It can change everything for people. One song. I hope that a movie or a TV show can do the same because it has done for me. Yeah. I hope that for others, but music is for me, it's been solidified that that is a fact. So I use that. I'm like, I, I need that piece. So yeah, it's a, it's a missing, it's missing for me still after all these years, I was, I've been off the road for many years, hmm. but it doesn't change. It'll I never change. It's gonna. I, I just feel like at some point, it's we're gonna we're gonna see you on stage again. It's it's. You are gonna see me on stage again, <laughs> and not on play. You will go stage playing my instruments. I love it. Doing I love it. I well, we do see you on the. We've been seeing you on the the big and small screen for years and years and years. And the reality is, staying power in Hollywood, especially for Black women, that this is not an easy feat by any stretch. What do you think you bring to the table that is of unique value that has kept you in front of us all these years? Good work. Be good at what you do. 
I think there are commodities that come and go. There are, whether they are reality stars or athletes or musicians or whatever that transition in and out of this industry as actors, being a real thespian will have staying power. And that's something I've always been. Yes, I started in music, but I was an actor when I was three years old. So yeah. I think it's just being good at my craft. To, I, I hope that's what it is. I mean, cause I have been here a really long time and I haven't worked that hard at having staying power. It just, like I said, it's been, I have been blessed in this industry unbelievably. So my payoff is I get to do great work. My, the outgo, the work is that I actually do the work. I want yeah. to be the best at what I do. So um, I think it's just actually, I've always said my legacy as an actor, only as an actor, not a producer, not a director, not a writer, but as an actor is when someone brings my name up in a room, well, how about Jasmine Lewis? The other people in the room go, she's, she's, she's going to bring it. She, we already know she, she, she does good work. Mm. That's all I care about. I don't care if I'm right for it. <clears throat> they can say, yeah, she doesn't look right. She's, she's a great actor. She does really good work. She's not right for this, but we'll keep her in mind for something else. I'm okay with that. As long as I get that, she does great work. And I think that's the staying power for me because the pursuit of it is I've never been good at. I've never been good at the pursuit of it. But mm -hmm. I think that when I do do something, it's because the work is solid. It's good. They know that they're going to get what they're going to get and more. You know, but you have to have the resilience to wait out the lulls. And it's so funny that you bring that up because for a lot of years, I started with a, a group of girls of which everyone knows, but I won't name them. <laughs> but everyone knows this group of girls. We all sort of started together. Some of them are still here. Some of them are not. Um, and it was the, the wanting of like the pursuit of it. They were great at that. They would go to the event, the events and the networking and they did all that. Hmm. And I was never great at that because being in the music industry, I was a commodity. I was a young, very young female bass player. So I was pursued. I didn't have to pursue my job. Wow. They knew that I was good at my job. I played like a man. That says a lot that, that I would be described that way. Mm. She plays like a man. We'll deal with that later. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I know what they meant. And so I didn't have to pursue other tours. They came to me because I was sort of like this anomaly on stage. I'm like, look at this girl. She's like 17 years old with high heels and long hair. And she plays bass like Marcus Miller mm. or, you know, Bootsy Collins. And that's a commodity. So I didn't have to pursue that. So I didn't come into the industry understanding how to pursue jobs or wow. networking or things like that. I didn't even understand that. I didn't know how much I could have done at the time had I showed up, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not because it still came to me anyway. So what's for you is for you. But yeah, I, I, the camaraderie in this industry, it, it should be elevated. Mm. It is getting lost. It is getting lost. I feel like, and I don't want to be one of those people that um, pushes that to the wayside with the people that are coming behind me. You know what I mean? I'm going to pull them up as opposed to that. What that didn't happen for me. That didn't happen. Does it, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. I'm 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 not going to push you too hard, but I will I will ask camaraderie getting lost because it's such. I I don't believe dreams are achieved alone. I just don't. Um, but we are in times have changed. Um, for you, was there a, a defining moment when you kind of realized? Wait a minute. This piece of the industry is is becoming obsolete. Was there a defining moment in that for you? Was there something that happened or was it, hey, over time you just realized the lack of support or the lack of fellowship um, or the lack of friendship just didn't exist as much? I learned that in the first five years of this industry, that it didn't <laughs> exist. It took me no time to figure that out. 25 years ago, I learned that. 
it, 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 it um, I wish I could say that it's different, but that that's the truth. That's the truth. It's, it's, it was very crabs in a barrel back in the nineties, very crabs in a barrel. And I hate that because it was a piece that I didn't understand. Mm. I learned about it, but I didn't understand it at the time. And I didn't understand how women could treat other women that way. There was not one audition, and this is back in the very early days, there was not one audition I had that I didn't call four friends and be like, hey, I'm going on such and such. Are you going in? If not, call your agent. Tell them, to, this is right. Mm. This is right for you. I Sometimes I won, sometimes I lost. It wasn't win or lose for me. It was helping my friends. And I lost a lot of friends when I guess they... I don't know if they felt like they were set. I don't know what, what the problem was, but there were friends that were like, well, I went in, but I didn't get it. And I'm like, well, everybody went in. It was like 300 people there. Like, yeah, that, that's not like, but I was blamed for it. Well, you shouldn't have told me to go in. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I got that. It sounds unbelievable, but it's the truth. Was there a part of you that had to, that you had to dismiss in order to be in, in these spaces? with this being the reality that there's a lack of camaraderie, it's, it's crabs in a barrel. Like, was there a part of your personality that you kind of had to suppress in order to maintain and be successful in these spaces that you wish you could have given more of to, to the industry or to other people? About how I, how I do it. Yeah. So like, I for instance, <clears throat> like, for me, I'm a very familial person because I, I played basketball. So everything feels like team sports to me. I come from a big family. So, you know, I had to yeah. learn everybody's not your friend. Everybody's not like everything isn't this. Every project, everybody's everything not going to be like this. So like there's a part, that part of me, I have to kind of really keep under wraps and, and, and yeah, I still suppress do. in order to be able to function in these spaces. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. My real friends, my closest friends are not actors at all. Mm. They used to be, so I thought. But I've had to suppress that. Hey, everybody come out to the party. If I'm on set, everybody would be on set. And more importantly, it's not appreciated. And it's going to, it's actually going to backfire on me. And I've done that for too many years. So yeah, I had to suppress the, every, let's give everybody a hug portion of myself. Mm. Yes. That, that was apropos what you did because that's very who I am. Everybody and, I, I and let's that. all get money together. Yeah. Let's all get money together. I don't outshine you. You don't outshine me. Everybody shines together. That's not the reality in, in a lot of instances. Sadly. Hmm. And so at least in to some of the people that I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the reality with, with Black creatives, both in front of and behind the camera. I do think there's been progress here on a significant level, but you being someone that functions on both sides, uh, what are you most proud of? And also, what would you like to see um, improve yet and still? I have been most proud of the amount of creators that have decided to step up from just in front of the camera to behind the camera or above the line, as they call it on the call sheet, um, producers, directors, EPs, things like that. People that have just been actors most of their career and they've stepped up and they, I call it, put your money where your mouth is. Like, I'm gonna create this, I'm gonna write this, I'm gonna figure this out, or I'm gonna get this done, however that works. That has changed. It is evolving, it is growing, and I'm very proud of that. Um, something I'd like to see change or grow is people that are in front of camera and also behind camera and bring their colleagues into a situation. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting dynamic, which is a great thing because you're giving somebody a chance. Right. But don't do it purposely. Like this girl is better at that. And like you know she's right for it, but you don't want to get her let her have no shine. You don't you don't give it to her. You mm -hmm. don't bring your friends along. You don't say, hey, you know what? I'm not right for this, but this girl, she's right for this. I've not seen that, at least with me, I've done it, but I've not seen it. And I've not seen it with a lot of my friends that feel like they're on par with someone else. They'll do it with someone that's, that they feel is coming up. Mm. You know, like because they might get, this might be that one moment one project that makes them now outshine you. 
Yeah. So that, I mean, there's still some, there's ego involved in this. I mean, this is the, this is the entertainment industry. So there's ego involved. Mm. And it's a little bit sad because they're missing. They're missing out on something that can be great because you're afraid. It's fear. It's fear. That's what it is. And I think I let go of fear a long time ago. Mm. I think that's why it doesn't affect me, but I'd still see it in some of my comrades. Mm. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You have been able to to tell a myriad of stories over the course of your career. Is there one narrative about Black women in particular that you haven't seen or you'd like to tell differently, whether it be in front of the camera or behind it? That's interesting. Um, well, we have some iconic Black women that have not been portrayed in history. I would love to see, you know what, there's not any, there's not a situation that, like, let's say in history that I haven't seen or that I want to see the Bessie Coleman story. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, I have been told like, you'd be right for this. I'd love to create that. I don't think that it's been done yet, but I'd like to do that um, in front and behind the camera, more behind mm -hmm. the camera. I, look, I, here's my thing. I would love, and I don't want to put this out there like I don't want to act anymore because I love my job. I love my job. But I have put my mind to being on the other side of the camera a bit mm -hmm. more. Um, so I love being able to tell a story without being on camera or being on camera minimally. Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I just did a movie that I'm on camera a lot. So clearly that's not the the whole case. Yeah. But let's just say I'm being more selective. I think this goes back to your original question, like what, you know, stop sending me all your just your unfunded scripts because I ain't just trying to just jump. I don't want to be, I don't need to be on camera like that. I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I love being behind camera and creating the vision and creating the story and creating the concept of what we're about to present as opposed to just standing in front of camera wearing makeup and letting my hair down and being a good actor. Yeah, I think that I think the Bessie Coleman story I'd love to tell. Somebody's gonna hear this interview and they're gonna tell the story and then I'm gonna blame you. <laughs> we're, we're gonna find a way to copyright this conversation somehow, <laughs> so, somehow, some way. Because I think you'd be great, low key, in front of and behind the camera. So nobody take this. I'm coming to sue you. How about that? Nobody take this. <laughs> it's copyrighted. What's the date? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We are we are in a time now where social media is just it's taking over everything. Um, and and I mean that in in the best in in the worst of ways. Um, and we've, we've yeah, yes. That's you. We've seen entertainers really have to make adjustments in terms of, you know, project selection, how you guys market yourselves and things of that nature, what choices you you make. What's been the biggest adjustment you've had to make when it comes to just rolling with the punches and the tides of this era as compared to, like you mentioned earlier, the, the 90s and even the early 2000s? Two things. Being on social media, period. I'm terrible at it. Terrible. I suck at social media. I want to get good, but I'm not. I'm not progressing. I can admit that. I do. I try every day to progress. Not progressing. Um, so yeah, I need to get better at that. Um, because people, it's interesting when you sit on the other side of the table, not the actor side of the table, you sit on the other side of the table. I'm listening to conversations now with co-producers and other EPs and people saying to me, I, I throw out a name like this will be great for this project. Well, and then they pick up their phone. How many What's followers? I'm like, as a director, or as a producer, I just need a really good actor. Yes. And I'm not getting that. I'm getting a person with a million followers. And I'm like, okay, but does she speak English? And is it like, like is it like, can we understand her? Okay. There you so go. I, there's a pushback with that. And that's, that's killing me. It's making me crazy. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. 
There are there are people that have started in reality and they have transitioned to to decent actors. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it can't happen, but I'm saying like right off the bat, the first thing is what's their social media is killer. Yeah, totally on both sides. Because my like I said, my social media sucks. And then I'm like, I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, that's, that's you know you, and I'm like, well, you knew me back when you. Why am I here? You knew my face. Well, we didn't know that you were still you. So women are scrutinized especially women are scrutinized based on their physical and their social media. So we get a lot of Photoshopping or filters or whatever. And then they walk in the room and audibly you can hear people go, that's not the same. That hurt. Which Mm -hmm. is demeaning and terrible to someone's self-esteem when they walk in the room. I've had social media for a long time. I don't do much with it, but I've had it. And I understand what it is. And it's it's kind of a sad situation to me. I thought social media was originally supposed to be fun. That's how it started yes. way back. Now it's a business. And it is a, a, a career path for some a lot of people. And people use it for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And they're getting a lot out of it. There are a lot of people that make, they, man, they make millions off their social media. I'm not one of them. <laughs> but a lot of people do. And I applaud them for that. But as an actor, as a producer, as a director, I don't rely on social media for myself or for anybody else. I'd like to meet that person. I'd like to talk to you. Like I'd like to see your audition. Let's let's do some work in a room together. Yeah. So I'm still pretty old school in that way. I'm still adjusting. Like you said, what's my biggest adjustment? That trying to figure out why people can wrap their mind around just saying, I've never met this person. I've never seen this person. I've never heard this person speak mm. in person, but they have 2 million followers. So let's hire them. Yep. I'm still working on that. I haven't got there yet. Well, just know you're not alone because I am as well. Um, it is one of my biggest frustrations. Um, and especially as, as a journalist, I'm watching these lines be so blurred because of, and it's funny because we're talking on a podcast, but podcasting and, you know, having so influencers become hosts, talk show hosts and these things. And, and again, what God has for you is for you. But I'm watching so many qualified, as you mentioned, at the time, right in the current, qualified, ready, hardworking, strong story people be just jumped over because they're not functioning on a macro level with social media followings. And I do think that is a tragedy because we're missing stories and we're missing opportunities to continue to make certain platforms credible. And I think we'll look back some years from now and say, eh, we probably shouldn't have did it quite like that. <laughs> um, and I find myself, I mean, as, even from a producing side of things, because I'm a producer as well, it's so much more difficult for me to produce talent that's used to being in their room, yeah. hitting stop and start on their phone 30 times and editing something versus somebody who understands how to do a standup. How yes. do you audition? Tape? Like it's, I'm like, guys, I that can still awesome. hear this that myself. Yes. <laughs> and it's no shade, but I'm like, this is exhausting for all of us unnecessarily. Yes. And but so, what you just described is an art that's now lost. Yes. In a room to audition in front of people is an art. I know because I'm also an acting coach. I used to teach auditioning. Auditioning is a separate animal from actually getting on set. But you got to go in that room and sell yourself. You can't do too much. You can't do too little. Do the character. Like, there's a thing. And the, the what you were talking about, the stop and start, stop and start, they don't have that art. So when they walk in the room, they're almost mute. I've seen people walk in the room, not to audition, to do the job. I'm like, do you speak? Mm. It's a, And sadly, with journalists having done some podcasts and some talk shows in my time from people that didn't come from a journalism background. It is a very different interview and animal, very different. It's all salacious. It's like, you're not really actually listening to the words that I say. So you're not coming off of what I said. You got your list of questions. You know how to read mostly. And then that's it. And you want to go viral. That's the, that's the, as opposed to, I want to know this person. I want to get to know their story. It's, what can I get them to say so I can get a bunch of hits on social media? We're losing that art of journalism. The art of journalism is dying. Yeah, It is. 
And I'm not going to mention the people that are out there in, in on TV, on podcasts that are viral and all these things. I'm not going to mention them, but it, you won't see me there. I can't, I don't, I'm not interested. There's nothing that they can ask me that they care about listening to the answer to. So there's mm -hmm. nothing I can give to the world based on my answer because there's nothing going to be asked of me for that. And I don't want to be a person that's like, oh, that was a, okay. No, that wasn't interesting at all. Like I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not interested. I'm, Kevin will hate me for this, but I don't care. Well, tell <laughs> Kevin will hate me for this because I feel the same way. And I, I, it is a, it is a daily struggle. If someone would have told me when I was getting my master's in journalism that this would be what I would, I, I would literally be competing with influencers. I, I I would have taken a whole different path potentially. I, I would have probably made, I mean, no one could have predicted this, but on the other side of that, it does challenge. It is a challenge to, okay, how can you be creative in other spaces? How can you, you know, still learn? How can you still be true to who you are? I mean, it's, it's important too, to say, Hey, like, at least for me, all right, you're not that you're this and that's okay. Yeah. Stay here. But just know yeah. that we know artists know the difference. We know what a real journalist sounds like, looks like, talks like. We know the presence of a real journalist versus an influencer. Real artists. I didn't say everybody. So you are appreciated. Trust me. Well, I appreciate that. Let me ask you this. How, what percentage of Hollywood do you think is real artists? Nine. Nine percent? Eight. Eight, nine percent. Yeah. Maybe. How does that make you feel? I mean... <laughs> It makes me feel like I need to do a lot more. As someone who's always also overstretched, admittedly. Admittedly. What does a lot more even look like? What is the capacity for a lot more for someone who's already doing too much? Create entities that once the model is set and it can go and, and bring in other people and keep growing, that I pass that off to someone else mm -hmm. and I create something else. So it's offshoots of, of everything as much as possible. I love as much that. I love that. So you got some, you got a, some projects going on right now. I want to talk about them. And it's fun for me because you, you function in different genres as well. So what projects are you most excited about uh, right now? And also kind of what are they pulling from you um, creatively that you're really enjoying? You know, um, I, there's a couple that I'm most um, excited about and proud of. Uh, one is comedy come up. That's, that's my, that's my baby. I would say that's my baby because it's something that I created from absolutely nothing. Hmm. I came up in comedy in the nineties doing um, sitcom television. So comedy's always been my thing. I'm funny on TV, on script. Like, you know what I mean? Like I get that, but you're funny now too. You know, but you know, I do the best I can, but I would never venture to say that I'm a stand up comic because I understand what that means. I spent every waking moment when I was not on some TV show set. That night, I would go to whatever comedy venue was happening and spend the night watching my friends do stand-up comedy. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's a different animal. It is the most bold work you can do. It's the most scary work you can do. That's my belief. And I just, I don't, hey, I, I would never say I could do that but I respect it and I love it. And it was something that I felt like wasn't getting enough shine. And because that's how I came up, I watched, you know, Bob Summer was a good friend of mine. He's the, one of the creators of Deaf Comedy Jam and Co Deaf Comedy Jam created the stars, some of the stars that we have now, some of the yeah. giant comedians that we have right now. And I was like, we had Comic View, we had all of these things. They're almost all gone now. And the, the space of creating, or not creating the comics, but giving shine to the comics that are coming up, we don't have. Yeah. So I said, let me do something for comics that are in other more remote cities, not LA, Chicago, New York, some of the more remote cities that are ridiculously funny and deserve this platform, but they don't have it. They're not going to get it in, you know, you know, what. Tuscaloosa somewhere. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just not going to get it. So I said, let me create something because this is something that I admire. 
and I appreciate and I understand. So that's how Comedy Come Up came about. Um, it's a come up for comedians in other cities. So we are very much like Deaf Comedy Jam in the sense that we have a host and we do just new comedians or comedians on the rise or lesser known comedians, but we go to their city. We do six episodes, which is a season or half a season. Um, and we shoot it and we, we will, we will eventually air it as a show. And um, you can just click on the city and uh, see who you want to see. So we, we get 18 comedians. So it's six episodes, three comedians, one host per episode. Wow. And it is, it is a daunting task because we move, they don't. So I have mm -hmm. to bring a crew. I have to scout a location. I have to get all of the elements in production that I need yeah. in a city that I don't know. So it is a stressful uphill battle, but I feel like well worth it because we are finding talent that we're finding so much unbelievable talent. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. So that's something I'm passionate about. And we will keep it going. We're on our, we're on, we're heading to Memphis. I love that. And figure out how to get pre-production done. Because <laughs> it's, it's me. So, you know, it's it's a lot. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm like, wait a minute. So she's scouting and crewing Ooh, up yeah. and that would be me. I'm scouting. I'm 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 the EP, I'm the producer, I'm the director. I have my camera operators that I've just decided I'm keeping them all contained because I gotta take them with me as yeah. opposed to finding new ones in each city. I have my host, Corey Bell. She's amazing. So we're we're kind of keeping that contained and my DJ. And that's it. We're taking the the group, but I still gotta go to the city, find the comedians, first find the location. Let's see where we're shooting this. Yeah. You know, it's all very it's precarious because everything has to look like a cohesive mm -hmm. show. So I gotta find venues that look like the last venue when I was over there in another state. So it's it's work, but I feel like it's well worth it because the talent we're finding is immense. I love I love the fact that there's a constant theme when you're talking about the give back, the passing of the baton, the giving the opportunity to someone else and others through your creativity. Yeah. Can you speak about your intentionality when it comes to purpose in that passing of the baton? Where did where did that where was that birth? Where did that come from? Why is that so important to you, especially in a in a in a society and in an industry where there's so much selfishness? I think the, to be honest, I think it's because it's what wasn't given to me. There was no, nobody helped me. Nobody told me any information. I didn't learn anything from anybody else. And I wanted that. I, I think I expected that or I hoped for that. And I didn't get that. And I want to do something that wasn't done for me for somebody else to make it a little bit easier. Hmm. aside from the fact that you know I think it's a family thing too you know like I we have a very close tight-knit family so everybody helps everybody even if we're mad at each other we help each other like okay I'm, I'm talking to you and I'm gonna do this for you but don't call <laughs> me we do that you know as families do um but the, the the real birth is that I I wanted to do something for someone that something that didn't happen for me that I wanted I still want it. I still want it. I don't know everything. I don't almost know everything. I'm, I learn every single day and mostly the hard way because no one's saying, hey, Jasmine, come on over here. Let me tell you this. Let yeah. me give you the hack of how to do blah, blah, blah. Hmm. No one's doing that, but I want that. So I think I'm trying to create something that I can just make. If I can do the comedy come up model or the, the like create a model that is easy to get done because it's just some clicks and we're going to figure it out. Now you can do it so that they can be a creator on their own and they may spin that off to something else and maybe help somebody else mm -hmm. and somebody else helps somebody else because they were helped and was offered something that they can use and do. And that's my whole goal. Let's just make it easier for everybody coming behind you because mm -hmm. it's a long road and it's not an easy road. Yeah. When I told you earlier about no sleep, I meant that. I really meant that. There's no sleep. If you could give yourself an award, <laughs> what, what, what would it be named? Taking into account all you've done over the course of your career. That's asking me to give myself accolades, and I'm not good at that. 
it's why I, I can tell. I can tell. I don't do. I'm not well at it. I don't do well at it either. I'm sure you don't. So you understand. I don't. My own red carpet. I'll be sliding around the back. I don't want my picture taken. I don't need none of that. I'll just let me do the work and let me go. I, that's it. I'm not good at giving myself any sort of accolades because I haven't done enough yet. I haven't mm -hmm. done enough to give myself accolades yet. Hopefully, somebody else will give them to me one day, but it ain't gonna be today. What is enough for you? What would be enough? Legacy. A legacy that says, I was here, I did something for somebody else and or some others, and they turned that into an incredible life. How do you know you haven't done that already? No, I just feel, I don't feel it because I'm still here. I'm still healthy. I'm still alive. I'm still, so there's, there's always more to be done. Hmm. As long as I'm still here and functioning. I'm upright. I'm not this way. So <laughs> enough is not enough until, until you're this way. That's fair. I'll take that one. I, w I won't even put the clamps on you any further, Jasmine. I will, I will take that. <laughs> I, I'll let you have it. I'll let you go ahead and slide on past it. I'll let you have that one. That did not. You did a good job. You you snapped. I'm gonna. You got you got a ten out of ten from me on that. You did you did a good job. That says a lot. <laughs> really, you did your thing. You did your thing, and and I know that <laughs> you're not really doing your thing on social media. Like you're doing your thing, but you you said you're not the best. But I do want to make sure that people can stay connected with you. And all the amazing yes. work that you're doing, maybe they are have all their stuff together. Yes, because on social media. So, so this is something that I want to promote. Not just comedy come up. There's a movie that I'm actually still doing. It's called Aftershock. This is a hugely important story. This is why I want to talk about it for a second. Yeah, let's do it. It's the the Nicole Bell. It's called Aftershock. The Nicole Bell story. It's about mm -hmm. Sean Bell. Mm -hmm. So, I, so you know about all that. Yeah. So we're doing that movie now. Uh, we're hopefully finished by the first, um, it's it's an important story, which is why I kind of took it on while I'm doing comedy come up, because so mm -hmm. that's too, that's a lot. Yeah. But I play um, I play Nicole's mom, mm -hmm. and she was the fiance that was left. Yeah. So we need to look out. Hopefully, in a, six months, we'll be done. We'll. We, we can look out for it, but it's a story that people should look at, look research first before they see the movie. Yeah. It's going to be an incredible movie. We've got some incredible cast members. We got, we got Richard Lawson playing Al Sharpton. Oh, wow. Who is, he's an anomaly. He's a, he's an amazing, amazing. And we've got some, here's what I loved about it. This is why I'm talking about it. Newcomers, really, really good actors and like people that got a chance to, to lead a movie. A, a, a big one, you know what I mean? Yeah, a biopic, yeah. to do a biopic is a huge thing so early in one's career. Yeah. So watching these young girls, these just, one's 24 years old. The other one's like mm. 25 or something like These young girls on set was just, it was really, really nice to experience and great to see, but it's an incredible story and that's going to be coming called Aftershock Nicole Bell Strip. So we're not finished with it yet, but in a week we will be. I, I'm very excited. Um, I'm familiar with the story. And for you, I mean, you've got comedy and then you've got just tragedy on the other side. These are two very- I spent the entire movie crying. I'm actually not kidding. I don't think that there was a scene where I didn't cry. So you're right, comedy and tragedy. Isn't it the faces though? How, how, did, how do you manage that simultaneously? That was an interesting interesting walk because I would come home from doing, you know, 12 hours on Aftershock and go go back to editing and looking at edits of comedy come up. So I literally went from tragedy in the same day. So, and I did that for, I've been doing that for weeks now. And it's, 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 it's an interesting, it's a play on your psyche. Like yeah. you gotta, there was a, like, this is why working out is so important because I was like, you know what? I'm a hiker. I was like, I gotta, let me just, I gotta go hiking. I just got to walk, put some music on and go hike because I had to get out of both spaces for a second. You know what I mean? And wow. it was, it's, it's still, it has an effect on me still. It's still because I'm not done with either yeah. one. So, um, 
it's it's have it's it's an interesting space that I'm living in right now. And I gotta find out where the funny is because I've been living in tragedy for weeks. I don't <laughs> but that's called head over hill. And it was with my very first boss. Really? Very first EP. I did my first auditions a hundred years ago. My first audition, that was only one line. It was one line in the audition, but I went in there with pride. Did that one line, booked the job. And it was with Bentley Evans on the show, Martin. Wow. And we've worked together over the years, but doing this show, this is Bentley again. So it's a, it's, it's a fun, it's an interesting circle. Yeah. Come back to working with my first boss, but I, I, Bentley, I may not be funny in two days, but I'm trying to find it. Bentley, she's funny right now. I don't know why Jasmine continues to say she's not funny. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's just. You brought it up. You were I don't right. Know if she's just dismissing her wit or what? But I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. So I don't know. I don't. This is the same person that doesn't want to give themselves any awards. They they don't want to give themselves flowers. I think she's just you know, she's just. I got for me, I'm ready. You ready? Ladies and gentlemen, here's my award, the Good Mom Award. I take pride in being a good mom. And I hope that I, he says that I am. He says it. So that's one. Okay, I'll take the Good Mom Award. Respect. I'm, I'm a good I'm mom. Hoping, I'm hoping at some point I can, I can have children and I can say the same thing about myself because that's literally... Shout out to all the moms out there, especially the working ones. I actually don't know how you do it. Um, God bless every single one of you. Um, Absolutely. Mo mommy guilt alone would take me out of here. So, um, Mommy guilt is a real thing. Wow. And you want to slit your own throat most of the time. Most of the time. Just saying. Live in that space. Get used to it. Mm -hmm. then you have to act and then you have to produce and then direct and be funny and cry yeah. and try to sleep for three hours and go hiking to get away from the crazy that is life and then look at your instruments on the wall and try to suppress your musical genius you know what Jasmine I've learned a lot in this conversation <laughs> More than you probably wanted more, to. More, look, I am I'm I'm even more impressed now that we've talked. I I I I salute you. That's all I can say. I have learned a great deal. I'm inspired. And you know what, guys? I'm I'm not doing enough. And actually I might be getting a little too much. Oh, I'm sure time. you are. I, I need to I need to cut my sleep down by a couple hours. Okay. <laughs> and sit on my computer. No, that's, that's so good. You don't need to. You're you're great. You are great. That's why you look amazing. I'm going to cut my hour. The workouts were good. We're going to cut two hours out of my sleep. And I'm going to devote that to finding something to do to, to be better and, and to create content or something. Because when you do that, then these are these are the results. And I, all seriousness, so Jasmine, I, I have a great deal of respect for you. Before even this interview and even more so now, um, I am truly, truly inspired. I can't wait for everybody to to check this conversation out. But I want to make sure they can go to your page. Yes. It's not all that. I know you're not good at social media, but the people still deserve to know. It is Jasmine Lewis on Instagram. It's, it's actually spelled J-A-Z-S-M-I-N-L-E-W-I-S. Thank God I still have the blue check. Twitter took it away because it's Jasmine's world. Petty, not sure Elon what's happening Musk. with Twitter. Petty. Man. Now there's like 17 fake pages of me. That happens. It happens with everyone. Yeah, that's, it happens that fast, too, because the blue check is gone. So hopefully Instagram won't take it away, but that's where I'm at. Um, I'm trying to get better. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something today because I have on makeup. Hey, now. You won't see it. You won't see it. We'll do a reel. I don't even know what it's going to be yet. Probably me just drinking some more water because I'm out. But it's going to be fun. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. But that's where they can find me. And um. And my website, because uh, Kevin is creating a new one for Comedy Come Up. So okay. people can go on the comedycomeup.com um, and find out where we're going to be and how to submit their own city to get us to come there. 
Okay. So that's going to be good. And then there's always jazzandlewis.com to say what I'm doing next. You all (laughs) tap in. Okay. I'm sure you won't get bored checking out any of these things because Jasmine does 5 million things. Um, literally. And if you have any, um, um, suggestions for how she can beef up her social media, some ideas yes! to help her out, Let's do that. feel free to add them. And also for, uh, on my, um, on my website will be the cookbook. I'm dropping the cookbook in two months. I have a cookbook. I cook. Now, now she's cooking. I um, I just got tired. Oh no. Right. I think the cookbook is actually finished. I'm just trying to. You want to know the real holdup? What what is the cookbook? The real holdup. The cookbook has been done for a year. It's the cover art. I haven't done cover art, so I'm going to get the cover art done. I'm going to do the cover art, and then we can drop the cookbook. And that will be on JasmineLewis.com too. So we got the cookbook's been done for a year. I'm just creating. So we we've been waiting. That is on my social media. We've been waiting a year for some cover art. That's what you're telling us. We we can't we can't cook. We're waiting for a picture. We're waiting for a photo. Well, you know, you can go on Instagram and on my page. When you say it out loud, how does it make you feel? When you say it out loud, the most ridiculous thing I've ever. Pretty much like you're making it look right now. Yep, I feel some kind of way. I know. I know. But I told you I don't like pictures. I hate pictures. I'm, I a, like I'm an actor either. and I hate pictures. I, I know. Like I, like I like moving cameras. I don't like still cameras. Kevin, it took Kevin, man, it was, uh, Kevin damn near had to fly out here to get me to do this last photo session. He's the one that forced me into it. That's the only, I haven't had a photo session in 10 years. 10 years. I haven't taken a still picture professionally. How did you get away with that? I don't go anywhere. I don't need to. <laughs> why do you need a picture of me for what that's why you're sliding through these carpets and not stopping got it I I'll got stop. that I'm, well now with Kevin he's trying to make me be better he's trying to make me be better to not miss the red carpet so I'm, I probably will miss fewer of them now but I know how to slide through a carpet if you all are at an event it's a red carpet event and you see Jasmine just Keep an eye out and say, hey, Jasmine, come on over. Come take a photo. She's telling you all she's escaping you. All your photographers out there, dear Getty and all y'all people. Yeah, she's avoiding you. Next time you see her, call out her name real loud so she knows to come over there. Ten years. Ten years. And this cookbook has what kind of recipes? Because I I would like a copy. Um, so here's the thing. Um, on uh, there's um, on Instagram there's just jazz two. Okay. J A just jazz J A Z two. That is just my cooking page. There's every video. I'm cooking their actual recipes. The reason I made the cookbook is because people needed measurements, and I don't cook with measurements, so I had to cook it all again. And that's how I created cookbook. Mostly it's comfort food. It's simple recipes. There are some complex recipes for people that cook more often. But this was created during the pandemic so that people that didn't cook at all could actually make a meal for their family. And now it just just sort of, I was doing it just like, I'm bored, let's cook together. That's how it started. Uh, But it caught on like wildfire. So people were like, well, how much blah, blah, blah did you use in the such and such? And I'm like, okay, now I need to make measurements. (laughs) That's how the cookbook started. See, and then you make me choke. That's how the cookbook started. So. Okay. So we, everybody flood Jasmine's social media and in her website and uh, impress upon her the need to get a cover photo done ASAP so we can have our recipes sucks so bad but she'll like them if you like to eat and i like to eat i eat for a living i like i am food. i am not a foodie per se but i do i do like to eat i'm a dessert girl i like uh soul food but i don't stuff. have i like soul food <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. give me a good sweet potato okay. I, got all soul food. I got soul food i got you i got you, you got short ribs in there i got black eyed peas i got everything for you jasmine lewis all I have to say is thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure. We have to do this again, especially when these projects drop, um, because it's just an honor to be able to talk to you, but also to support you. And, you know, thank you for all that you've invested in this industry 
and those uh, professionals who I know are going to be saying and have probably already said, hey, Jasmine Lewis looked out for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're of incredible, course. but you already know that. Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sharina Nicole. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Cherie Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Cherie underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.